The controversy surrounding a Navy SEAL acquitted of war crimes took another turn this week with the Secretary of the Navy resigning over the President's interference in the case. Donald Trump had called for the so-called Trident Review of Eddie Gallagher to be called off, despite the fact that he was found guilty of taking photos with a dead ISIS fighter. These reviews are typical following any type of misconduct. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Andrew Dyer, you cover the military for the Union Tribune, and there's been lots of military news lately with the ongoing controversy surrounding Eddie Gallagher. Let's get up to speed. What happened over the weekend in relation to the Trident Review? Well, over the weekend, we saw uh, reports Saturday that top Navy leaders, the Admiral in charge of the Navy SEALs, and the Secretary of the Navy threatened resignation over Trump's uh, threatened intervention in a uh, review board for Eddie Gallagher. Um, And then on Sunday, the Secretary of Defense uh, stepped in and went ahead and fired uh, Navy Secretary Richard Spencer uh, for what he said was Spencer's attempted backroom dealings with Trump in relation to Gallagher. And this all comes down to whether or not Eddie Gallagher should remain a Navy SEAL, and that kind of was the focus between this so-called Trident Review. What were the differing opinions on this case that kind of caused this rift? Well, what it really boils down to is that Navy commanders have a lot of authority over their commands and over their communities. Uh, Rear Admiral Green, uh, Rear Admiral Colin Green, here in San Diego, he is the commander of Naval Special Warfare Command. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the commander's role is the rather routine task of administratively reviewing members of your community who are suspected, convicted, uh, accused of misconduct, and um, using these review procedures to determine whether or not they should remain in your community or whether there should be some sort of administrative action or non-judicial punishment. This is very, I would say, middle management level stuff in the military. And the conflict is whenever you have the commander-in-chief who is many rungs above these commanders stepping in and dictating how these procedures or whether these procedures should even take place, um, you get pushback from other parts of the chain of command. And what we saw over the weekend was a total breakdown of this chain of command. Um, So in a way, what happened would be the equivalent of like a CEO tweeting about some middle to low level ranking employee in some office elsewhere, like many, many steps of command away in which usually that kind of communication just never happens, right? Right. It's essentially the the CEO of a Fortune 500 company coming into a branch on the opposite coast, um, walking into a department and going to a team and telling the team supervisor that their, uh, their second shift uh, team lead um, should not be 
punished or messed with or should be given days off or, or, or whatever level of micromanagement you want to say is essentially what it's like for the president to come in mm-hmm. and say, you know, don't board Eddie Gallagher. Now, um, I talked to a guy yesterday, Ed Heiner. He's a, a retired SEAL troop commander. Um, he's written opinion pieces for the Union Tribune. And he he kind of pushed back on that. He said, you know, if you find yourself being micromanaged, you've got to look at yourself and ask, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And um, from the Gallagher camp, that's kind of what you hear is that it's these naval officers' jobs to follow the orders of the president. And the president has made it very clear that he is Team Eddie and that um, Eddie Gallagher is to be, uh, you know, he was acquitted. Uh, Trump restored his rank. Um, Trump's in his corner, and he's made this very clear. And so they say that for the Navy to try to proceed with an administrative action um with uh with gallagher is just uh yeah they've they've used words like insubordinate Mm -hmm. and after that can you characterize the departure of the secretary of the navy because that letter was pretty strong worded coming from you know someone who typically doesn't speak publicly can you kind of describe that exit well we've got about three official explanations um, the first one that we heard came from the defense secretary, and he elaborated on this yesterday morning in a, a scrum with reporters at the Pentagon. But um, what he said Richard Spencer did was when Rear Admiral Green over here at WARCOM decided to initiate these review boards, he had the support of the CNO, which is Admiral Mike Gilday, and the secretary of the Navy. So the Secretary of Defense, along with the Secretary of the Navy, along with the CNO, go to the president and say, sir, you know, let this process play itself out. It's important for the military good order and discipline that this process be allowed to happen. Um, while they were doing that, this united front, um, now this is according to Esper's version mm-hmm. of events, um, the Secretary of the Navy was kind of backdooring with Trump saying, hey, let the board happen. I'll make sure Gallagher keeps his pin. Essentially saying that the outcome of the board would be predetermined. So um, that is what Esper, uh, that is what he cited for the, his reason to terminate the secretary because he's skipping his chain of command and going to the president and offering to do something that is counter to what his public position uh, and the united position of these leaders was. Yeah, that does make sense because... It's, in a sense, important for the Navy to continue this Trident review that didn't happen because it still sends a message to troops saying you will be fully investigated for any claims of war crimes or any misconduct, no matter who says anything. And in a sense, the actions of Trump undermine that kind of threat that, in a sense, keeps troops in line. I think with these boards, it's not even... Because the the issue of the war crimes that was that was dealt with in a court martial, um, a jury, a military jury weighed the evidence, decided it did not meet the burden of reasonable doubt, and acquitted Eddie Gallagher of of those serious war crimes. Mm-hmm. He was found guilty of posing for a photo with the body of a deceased ISIS fighter. Um, he is still guilty. He still carries that conviction. So. 
it's perfectly in line with Navy doctrine and um, instructions for a service member found guilty at a general court-martial to then come back to his community and undergo an administrative review. Um, that's kind of a normal procedural thing. The difference is, is that this service member is um, a guest on Fox and Friends, and mm-hmm. he is um, has been tweeted about personally by the President of the United States several times. So you've got a case where you have one service member where the rules are a little bit different for him. Mm-hmm. And you hinted at it already. What is the kind of conservative kind of, I don't know, support system behind Gallagher? Can you characterize the voices and the people that have been pushing for many months to make sure that Eddie Gallagher was not charged and would retain his position and his rank? So there is a very uh, clear uh, kind of chain of events when it comes to Gallagher and his connections to Trump. Uh, it goes all the way back uh, to his Article 32. Um, a man named Bernard Carrick, he used to be the New York City Police Commissioner um, under Rudy Giuliani. Uh, he he wrote an op-ed in Newsmax um, in early December of 2018 um, talking about this case and, and coming out for, for Gallagher. Um Gallagher's first attorneys uh, on his on his case, um, there came a point where uh, Gallagher's wife, Andrea Gallagher, you know, they weren't really happy with how the defense was going. Mm-hmm. And um, they, through Bernard Carrick, were connected to um, Carrick's lawyer, a man named Timothy Parlatori. Um, Timothy Parlatori also was a lawyer for Fox and Friends weekend host Pete Hegseth. Pete Hegseth has been a longtime advocate for service members charged and convicted of, of war crimes. Hegseth is a combat veteran himself. So you kind of have this triangle of people connected to Fox News, um, the conservative movement, and now um, Eddie Gallagher. So uh, Tim Parlatori joins Gallagher's legal team. Um, his earlier attorney Colby Volke is fired from the team the United American Patriots a fundraising advocacy group they are removed from the Gallagher team and another San Diego based military attorney uh, Phil Stackhouse he leaves the team a a couple weeks later Um, the final piece that came into place um, an attorney from New York uh, Mark Mukasey who is also one of Donald Trump's personal attorneys uh, joins the Gallagher defense team. So Parlatori and Mukasey, um, they really bring a certain level of energy, mm-hmm. um, courtroom know-how, and litigation, uh, a level of, I think, litigation and, and, and fighting that maybe the military justice system was not quite used to seeing in its courtrooms. And um, I, I, I mean, I sat in court throughout this whole thing, and um, you know, they they did their job. He was acquitted of of these uh, of the most serious crimes against him. Sounds like the Avengers of the war crimes defense team. And now all of this is happening while um, you know, Congressman Duncan Hunter, um, he has a uh, him and some other Republican congressmen have a, a Warriors Caucus where they advocate for these these uh 
people charged with war crimes. Um, so there's also this kind of political backing, um, lobbying and advocating for these guys. You know, Duncan Hunter um, was writing letters to President Trump on Eddie Gallagher's behalf way back in January. Um, that that never stopped. Um, his his family members, uh, his attorneys, these congressmen have been interviewed on Fox and Friends, other Fox News programs, um, mostly on the opinion side, over and over and over again mm-hmm. in the weeks and months leading up to, during, and after the trial. Um, so anybody watching Fox and F- Friends every morning, like we, I think we know the president does, um, is hearing from these people quite a lot. After all of this... What's the reaction within the Navy SEAL and I guess broadly the Navy community? Because even though on the right and among uh, military adjacent individuals, there was a groundswelling of support for Gallagher, there was also people that didn't support him. What is the kind of mood of the enlisted and the the broader Navy SEAL Navy community? So, you know, the SEALs kind of... I've heard different things um, from different people. Um, I've heard a lot of them, one, think that Gallagher did it, but at the same time, don't think he should have been prosecuted for it. Um, That being said, you know, I think in that community, this is seen as a distraction, maybe an embarrassment and um, something that a lot of people want to move on from. Um, But amongst other uh, individuals in the, uh, in leadership in the Navy, um, even, even locally, um, it's really seen as um, discouraging and it makes their jobs. And this is what I've been told is they feel like it makes their job harder or even impossible Mm -hmm. to do because your authority as a commander um, should not be questioned by the rank and file. And if service members see that all you've got to do to overrule your commander is get on Fox News and get the attention of the president, then that has a, a negative effect on good order and discipline. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it also stands to reason that we are in extraordinary political times and even though this may set a precedent for the current administration, I doubt things would, you know, continue if there's a different commander in chief. Well, yeah, I, I see that. But, you know, it's not totally unprecedented for presidents to involve themselves in military affairs at this level. Um, as many of Gallagher's supporters um, will, will point out that Obama did move on behalf of Bo Bergdahl. Um, he did um, offer clemency to Chelsea Manning, um, maybe not to the level that that Trump did with in these cases that we're mm-hmm. talking about. But um, there have been actions uh, in the past. Um, and just to put another little spin on it, um, I talked to Tim Parlatori today. And when I started asking him about the influence of Fox News on the president's decision making, Um, He kind of looked at it as a positive. According to him, you know, military and Navy commanders 
you know, they are bringing the president a certain set of facts on this case. Um, and those facts that they're presenting him only tell one story. And so what he says is the president listening to a wide array of voices around this, instead of just relying on what their his military advisors are saying, actually gives him a fuller, broader picture of the situation and empowers him to make decisions based on having more information versus just relying on the advice of his military advisors. Um, today, uh, uh, County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher um, said on Twitter, like, we don't want to undermine the civilian control of the military. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he said, say what you will about the morals and ethics of the individuals in these cases, um, but that the authority of the civilian president to overrule his generals and, and his military advisors is an important part of, of our democracy. And, um, you know, you know, if military leaders always got their way, we'd probably be engaged in many more military conflicts. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not always a bad thing for the, the president to disregard some of the advice of his military commanders. So that, you know, the story it, it's multifaceted, but it doesn't fit nicely into just one box. You know, you really have to look at it from a lot of different uh, perspectives. Mm -hmm. And uh, now that things have kind of settled for Eddie Gallagher himself, what's next? Will this be the end of the Eddie Gallagher saga? Or do you think this will continue in some other form? Well, you gotta, you gotta look at what, um, the Gallagher family is kind of setting up. Uh, so the Navy did announce last night that the board for Eddie Gallagher is canceled. He will be allowed to retire. Um, my understanding is that he'll be retired, uh, November 30th by the end of the month. Um, but he says he's going to keep advocating for, um, service members charged with war crimes. Um, we still have the questions about the other three seals that were uh, set to go um, before these boards. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing official yet, but the rumblings that I've been hearing is that you know those boards are unlikely to happen now. Um, can't get that quite official yet, but I would be surprised if they if they go ahead. And I, I don't think we've heard the last. Uh, the last of Eddie Gallagher, that's for sure. All right, Andrew Dyer, thank you so much. Thank you. In other news, a new startup wants to provide an airborne alternative to waiting in traffic. It's called Float, Fly Over All Traffic, and it charges customers a monthly charge of $1,250 to fly from commuter airports per month. The nine passenger airplanes will hop between dozens of small airports across the region, like Van Nuys in LA and Brownfield near the border. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontrip.com slash podcasts. Until next time.